What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything going on in the world of Asian MMA. This is episode 39. And don't forget, this episode is actually brought to you by my New Year's resolutions I'm just getting around to now in February. I'm your host, Dana Bluin, and I've got a fair amount of Asian MMA news and tidbits to go over with you, so we're going to get right into it. And I want to start off with a quick recap of One Championship's Warriors Code. And if you're regularly watching One Championship, be sure to check out the live streams that I'm doing, offering commentary and like a live breakdown with my friend John Ko from Kumite TV. And also be sure to check out John over at Kumite TV. He does some of the best interviews in MMA in general, not just Asian MMA. But we're having a really good time doing the uh, live streams. Hopefully we're going to keep them going and have some more friends coming on to join us and sort of get the party going with the one championship live streams. Sort of an alternate commentary, if you will, if their team isn't quite your thing or you just want a different conversation. We're interacting with the crowd quite a bit. They're giving us comments, we're answering questions, getting feedback, and we've got some great people who join us every uh, event. So if you want to be part of that, come over to the Asian MMA Podcast YouTube channel, links in the show notes, links in the description, and check it out. Be part of the crew with us. Now, this was a pretty good card overall for one championship. The main event was a title bout that saw Petch take home the uh, strawweight strap for Muay Thai. Now... Because that was the main event, this event was in a ring and not a cage, which I am not a fan of. Anyone who's listened to the Asian MMA podcast for a while, who's watched the YouTube channel, knows I do not like the ring. I much prefer the cage, and I would much rather even see Muay Thai and kickboxing be held in the cage. I really like this circular cage. It's big. Uh, it changes the dynamic a little because you don't have the same corners that you get with the octagon. So it's it's an interesting cage, and I wish they would use that all the time and never use that ring. I really dislike the ring. I think it's unsafe, and I think it makes uh, a disadvantage sort of medium for MMA, in my opinion. Anyway, in the co-main event, we had uh, Rainier de Ritter take a unanimous decision over uh, Leonardo, and that positions him to be the top challenger for Angla's middleweight strap. That's a fight, of course, I want to see. Anytime you're going to put Angla up against anyone, I want to watch it. If you didn't see him absolutely just demolish Brandon Vera in their light heavyweight scrap, that's a fight you definitely have to watch. It was a great match. Angla looks better and better every time we see him fight. And honestly, I think... The, the really only good fight for him at this point is probably in the UFC. I'd love to see him fight Adesanya at middleweight or even fight John Jones at light heavyweight just because I, I think he's at that level. It feels like he's at that level, at least watching him fight in one championship. And I, I would love to see that, that next tier for him. Now, another action on the card, we had uh, Laurie Lapicus. He, he made easy work of, of Marat, actually, and I was surprised by this. He got a first-round submission win, and I didn't see that coming. You know, I thought it was going to be a good fight. I thought it was going to be competitive. I didn't think it was going to be a first-round finish, and that was surprising to me for, for sure. Now, we also had uh, Koyomai Matsushima. I want to make sure I get that right because he got a beautiful TKO win over uh, Jay Wong Kim. And I mean, just – it was a – you know, uh, Kim looked powerful that whole fight. 
Kim looked fantastic. And uh, Matsushima just, he made it work in the 30. He got that, he got that knockout, uh, the TKO, and it was really good. Now, one of my favorite fighters was actually on this card, and that was uh, Sonoto. And he earned, earned a unanimous decision over a uh, an okay uh, neural Fikri. He, he did all right in the fight. I mean, he, he didn't do horrible, but, I mean, Sonoto's just a beast. He's the Terminator for a reason, and he, he went out there and he got it done. We had one woman's bout on the card, and it was uh, Itsukai Hiriata. I want to make sure I get that right as well. And she got a third-round stoppage over uh, Nairene Crowley. Now, Itsukaka, she looked really good in this fight. She looked fantastic. She was very, very dominant. And it looks like she's taken a bit of a page out of Stamp's book because we saw her do quite a bit of uh, dancing and sort of try to put on some so showmanship between rounds. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it didn't feel as authentic to me as when Stamp does it. When Stamp comes out, it really looks like she's having a good time, that she's really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, when we were seeing uh, Itsuki do it, it just, it felt a bit contrived. And also, let's be honest, the Isuke dance doesn't roll off uh, Michael Chavello's tongue quite as easily as the Stamp dance, which he loves to scream every time Stamp comes out, which, again, just ups the energy of the entrance. And it, it's all very fitting. Maybe she's angling to try to get a fight with Stamp, which would be very interesting. Stamp is an absolute monster, and she's still on the come up in MMA. She has some very big holes in her game, especially on the grappling side. We've seen them improve, but they're still there. So, uh, Isuke might be a good a good fight for that to see to let her develop a little bit more at a higher level. That would be interesting to say the least. Now, uh, one of the other things that I want to point out was you know as one championship continues to be a little bit more transparent with their weigh-in and hydration process. They actually had five fighters miss either weight or hydration. They scrapped one bout from this card and there were a couple that moved to catch weight. So one is making effort here. I, I want to give them credit because they are making an effort to, to be more transparent, to look a little bit more professional in that regard. And, and I want to call that out, but it's interesting that they canceled the fight. They moved some to catch weight and they're continuing to be, uh, proactive with this hydration broadcasting, at least one of the hydration tests. And actually, it was funny. I forget who the fighter was, but when I was watching the hydration uh, stream, uh, one of the fighters, their, their urine cup was on the table, and it was like almost like a dark brown. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, no way this uh, this fighter passes hydration. And you know, it just it looked. I mean, you can't obviously. I can't judge, but just looking at the color, it looked like it, he was very dehydrated. And uh, before and the guy, the one employee who was actually doing the hydration or announcing the hydration test was uh, Rick Audie, and he actually he he gets the information from the uh, the medical staff who's checking the hydration of the urine, and he sort of has like a smirk on his face and shakes his head because the number was so high and he he was just like oh, fails hydration, but it was it was a very clear miss. But I, I want to give them credit for, for going out and showing that. I'd like to see them do all the hydration tests, all the way in sort of live streamed, and just sort of take away any any doubts we might have, any reason we might have to, to call into question some of the process. I'd love to see that. But they're making progress. I, I want to give them credit on that. 
Uh, One Championship has also announced that they'll be holding tryouts for One Warrior Series in Japan on March 8th in Osaka. Now, without doubt, One is looking to boost the numbers of Japanese fighters on the roster uh, now that they're holding shows in Japan on a fairly regular basis. They want to have those local fighters. That's been a big part of their plan in every market they go to. They want to have local fighters or as... As they're so fond of fond of saying, Asian superheroes, real life superheroes, but it makes sense uh, the way they approach the market. They want to start to build up some of these these fighters coming out of the countries, and if they can take them from unknown to superstar status, if you will, that that just builds with their brand. And you know they they've had some hit and misses. Uh, Rocky Batol who uh, came out of OWS, he's, he's not had the greatest star, and he, he had some sort of uh, issues with one coming off uh, off the show onto the uh, main main roster. But then we also saw that uh, Ali Motamid, who is an Iranian fighter based in Asia, he's come off, and I'm, I'm excited to see Ali fight more in one championship. I think he's one of the guys who has a lot of potential. And there's been a few others, but... You know, that's sort of the path that they're going through. And even Stamp, I remember Stamp uh, was at the Bangkok OWS tryouts and I was there. I saw her tryout. She looked amazing. And, you know, she kind of sort of skipped that whole system, though, because of her prowess in Muay Thai and kickboxing. But it's exciting to see some of the fighters who are able to come through that system and get get a shot. I I really like that. In UFC news, uh, Thai woman's fighter, uh, Loma Lukbunmi has a she has a a new opponent for her fight at UFC Auckland, which is on February 23rd, and Angela Hill is stepping in to replace Hannah Goldie. Now, Pancre Strawweight Champion uh, Daichi Kitakata has broken his hand in training, so he's not going to be able to defend the strap at Pancrase 313 against Adam Antoli. Now, there's no word on if the fight might be rescheduled or if they're finding a new opponent for Adam. Uh, We'll see what happens. I would like to see them just reschedule this fight because it's one of the ones I'm kind of excited for. I'd like to see this maybe pushed out, but we don't know the the extent of the hand injury. So it's kind of up in the air. I don't want to, I also don't want to see Antolin on the shelf for an extended period of time just because. You know, I want to see him stay active. He's an exciting fighter to watch. And other news, Korean promotion TFC has postponed their March 14th card due to the coronavirus outbreak. Now, there's no news on a new date or anything like that or, or what they're looking to do if they're going to change location. But, you know, coronavirus is a big concern here in Asia. Not so much in Korea. I don't even know if they have any confirmed cases yet. But, you know, they just want to be proactive. They want to keep everyone safe. And I think, you know, even one championship has canceled some uh, some China events. It, it's going to be touch and go for at least a few months until China gets everything kind of under control there with Wuhan and everything else going on. So let's see what happens. But the good news is, though, that another TFC, Thailand Fighting Championship, is still a go for this weekend. And that is a promotion head up by the busiest man in Asian MMA, Will Chope. And uh, that's going to be uh, Thailand Fighting Championship 4 in Phuket. Certainly a card worth checking out. I believe they're going to live stream it on Facebook. So find Thailand Fighting Championship on Facebook and check that out. And that's all I have for you guys for today. 
To stay up to date with all things Asian MMA, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Facebook. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Check it out.